You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to Smart Connect Podcast, the podcast for small to medium sized enterprises. Join your host, Anne Marie Cross, as she interviews business experts and industry thought leaders on best practice initiatives, innovation, and insights to help you grow your business. Now, over to your host. Welcome to Smart Connect Podcast. This is episode 14, featuring business experts and industry thought leaders to help you effectively navigate a constantly changing and disruptive marketplace. And I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, according to the 2016 Semantic Internet Security Threat Report, cyber attacks again small business, and they've increased from 18% in 2011 to 43%, which I'm sure you would agree is a significant increase, which means we all need to be on alert. Now, Damien Battersby is the founder and managing director of Proactive IT Solutions, an IT company focused on helping business owners improve their bottom line through best practice technologies. By focusing on the business strategy and taking a proactive approach, Damien offers more to his clients, maximizing their business performance through their IT systems. His clients enjoy less downtime, higher returns on technology investments, and more profits. Now, along with technology, Damien's also passionate about business, particularly what he calls client experience. The theory behind this is that by focusing on delivering a consistent, awesome client experience, you will have more loyal clients. Now on today's show, Damien's going to speak about why you need to be prepared for the new notifiable data breach scheme that the government is bringing in early next year and how this relates to IT security, why cyber criminals are focusing on small and medium business more and more and what the threats are, as well as simple things that we can do in our business to reduce the chance of being impacted by cyber crime. So welcome to the show, Damien. Thank you, Anne-Marie. I only have to recall, I think it was, oh goodness, so just a, a month or so ago when cybercrime hit many companies over in the UK. I think thankfully at that stage, no businesses were impacted here in Australia, but it is getting scary, isn't it? It sure is. It's certainly out there at the moment. And this year we've seen a, a big rise in the incidences happening and big newsworthy ones where yeah, big companies are being affected, you know, hospitals, manufacturing firms, um, yeah, international companies. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, I remember just, oh, goodness, would it have to be, I think last year sometime we were visiting uh, one of our property managers up in Queensland and their entire, I won't say who it was, but their entire office uh, was down technology-wise because unfortunately one of the admin assistants inadvertently opened an email attachment and it took days, if not weeks, to get back online. So we really do need to be wary. Now talk about the new notifiable data breach scheme. What is it and why do we need to be aware of this and prepared for it? Yeah, look, it's something that the, the government's bringing in in February next year. And really what it's saying is the government's putting us all on notice. You know, they're seeing you know a rapid rise in cybercrime in Australia and they want to try and do something about it. And uh, in particular, cybercrime has a big impact on on privacy, and a lot of data breaches involve personal private data being stolen by cyber criminals, and, and then that can be used as 
you know, identity fraud or sold on to third parties for a profit. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you get your identity stolen, it's, you know, it can make your life very difficult, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. I know that there are obviously larger companies such as banking. I mean, the government themselves, I mean, goodness, I think they are, as an organisation, the largest holders of privacy information. So I'm sure they've got themselves on the list. But if we think about our small business, how's that going to impact us? Is this going to be copious, more, um, well, t- obviously technology and things in place that we need to have to secure data that we have on our customers? The scheme at the moment is going to apply to any any business turning over more than $3 million a year. Okay. So that's going to be a majority of businesses out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it means is if you have a, you know, a cybercrime happen in your business and it involves private data being stolen, you have to go through a certain process to notify not only the people whose data was involved, um, but also the government office in charge of managing this and, and basically let them know what's happened and also let them know what your strategy is to manage it going forward. Just give me an idea, if you, if you know, who, who put this together? Was it um, a, a culmination of organisations? Is this a good thing? I mean, or, or is it going to be just another onus on, on businesses? Well, you do have to think about this and a lot of small businesses don't, you know, they don't think about IT security and they don't think about the the what ifs if something Mm. happens to them. They hope they won't get hit. So, yes, it is another layer, another thing you have to think about, but I don't think it's a bad thing. The possibility of you having a cyber breach is, is fairly high, unfortunately, and you need to put in some things in place to protect yourself, but also be aware that if something does happen, what are you going to do to recover from it and move on as a business? And mm. um, I think it's just, you know, the government as a whole is seeing, like I said, a, a really large increase in cybercrime in Australia, and they're having to do something about it because people's privacy is being affected, people's data is being stolen and, and used. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you're dealing with a company, you want to know that they're, A, looking after your data, and B, you want to know if something happens to that data. And, I think that's been the issue, Mary, Mary, sorry, is that people's data has been stolen by mm-hmm. cybercrime and these companies have not done anything about it to to warn people. Yeah. And so it's a very serious thing, you know, if, if suddenly you go online to do banking one day and you find that you can't because your identity has been stolen, it's, it's very serious. You want to know how that's happened and why. Yeah. And I think from the point of view too of our business, we want to make sure that not only are we now, you know, putting measures in place to report it and obviously uh, allow people to know that this has happened but even before that have processes protocols in place to avoid ever being in a situation where we do need to then roll out what we have in place uh, to 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 alert people to the fact that uh, data has been stolen because businesses have been crippled haven't they if they've been attacked their businesses often cannot access any of their data so therefore many of us rely on our computer systems to, to be able to operate Absolutely, and unfortunately, we we see it, you know, almost every week, uh, or you hear in the news where clients, you know, the, and the big big one is obviously the ransomware viruses that have been in the news of late. And you know, you get one of those in your network, they will encrypt, you know, all your company data. And really, the only way to restore that is to go to your backup, bring the data back. And while you're doing that, your servers are down, you can't get access to data. Uh, and for some companies that have got large volumes of data, that can be a couple of days of recovery. So. Mm. You know, imagine shutting your business down for two days. That's that's a massive expense. You've got lost 
you know, lost labour, lost productivity, as well as, you know, lost income from not being able to do your business. Yeah, it really is, I think, um, an initiative that is going to benefit everyone in the long run because some of these ransomwares, once it, it opens up all viruses, it just spreads like wildfire. And before you know it, unfortunately, you know, many businesses are, are impacted. Why do you think that cyber criminals are now focusing on small to medium sized businesses more and more? And let's talk about what some of these threats are. Well, I'll answer your first question, Emery. And, and why are they focusing on small, medium business? Well, probably because it's easy. Mm -hmm. You know, corporates have got, you know, big IT departments. They can afford to put, you know, a whole you know, security team in place to help protect their, their IT and their business. But for a small, medium business, it's often a lot harder to get access to those um, expert people. And, and that, you know, they don't want to spend the money. They think, oh, we'll, we'll be fine. We'll, we'll manage without it mm -hmm. uh, until they get hit. And then they realize how critical and important it is to think about. So it's like all these things. Small and medium businesses are, are easy targets for cyber criminals because they haven't you know, put the things in place to protect themselves. And let's talk about what some of these threats are. Yeah, so obviously ransomware is the big one and we, most ransomware attacks come in now via email. So we've all seen those emails that look legit but are in fact not and, you know, they take you to a site that looks like maybe, um, you know, PayPal or Google login or something and in fact they're either, you know, harvesting your details or um, making you download some malicious code that when runs then starts to encrypt stuff and do all sorts of damage in your system. So ransomware is definitely one of the biggest ones and that's the one we see probably most commonly mm -hmm. um, but certainly the phishing attempts and that's where an email is sent to trick you into going online and typing your personal information in and you know banks and stuff will talk about this a lot they will never send an email asking you to log in put you know all your information in um, if you ever get that, go to your banking site through your independent link and enter your information in so that you know you're logging into you know, a proper legitimate site. Mm. Um, so they're the, they're the two main ones. We don't see so, so many hacking, but we do, we do have a few clients, unfortunately, who have you know, terminal servers, remote servers, and they have been uh, targeted by cyber criminals and they've been hacked into and once they're hacked into, they can use them for all sorts of nasty things. They can you know, encrypt your files. They can use them to launch other attacks onto other companies. They can, you know, do lots of lots of nasty things. So that's probably the third one we're seeing quite a lot of as well. Mm -hmm. One of the things that uh, happened to one of the people that I follow, she had a huge following. Like, you know, I'm talking half a million followers on on one particular social media profile, and and so and, and many across others. And one of the things that ha happened was she wasn't careful in how she protected her passwords, and hackers were able to determine what her passwords were and then was able to hack in and you could see every time you refreshed her Instagram account they were deleting hundreds of posts that she'd created over the years. Now for many businesses who are spending a lot of time and energy and money on building an online profile particularly across some of the social networks uh, this is valuable so to have that be destroyed almost within 24-48 hours and it turned out to be young kids who were very good at obviously uh, technology and basically again held her to ransom. If you pay a sex amount of money, we'll we'll you know restore your accounts. And the FBI was was uh, you know involved in all that kind of thing too. So talk about some of the measures that we need to have in place to avoid anything like this happening. 
Well, yeah, you talk about the, the password thing, Amory, and that is certainly something that we talk to our clients a lot about because people don't understand the importance of managing their passwords and really protecting their online accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, and many of us, you know, we'll sign up to a new service, we'll put a, a username and set a password and not really think about that any further. But unfortunately, you know, all these online services, they've got the potential to be hacked and and have your details you know, basically stolen. And if you're using the same password for all your online accounts, you're putting yourself at incredible risk. Um, and you know, there's some really been some massive breaches in recent history. You know, they've got LinkedIn, they've been hacked. Obviously, Yahoo's been hacked, Dropbox, Netspace, the, the list goes on. And mm-hmm. you know, most of us would have an account somewhere in there. Um, so password security is certainly the first thing to, to really be careful with. And that's, you know, in some ways, it's a very cheap thing to do but you a lot of people don't think about doing it so mm-hmm. I, I would recommend using a password manager so something like LastPass that actually saves your passwords for you and and then inserts them in when you go to a online portal um, and set set passwords that are complex so lots of random characters and you know at least 12 characters and it makes it a lot harder to have your accounts hacked so with LastPass for people who haven't heard that how do they access that well, that's really great. It's it has got a, a free version. So you basically go to LastPass, do do your search with Google, uh, you'll find them. You can sign up for free, and once once you've signed up, you install uh, an add-in to whatever browser you use, so Firefox or Chrome or IE, mm-hmm. and then it will actually detect when you log into a site and ask you to to have that site saved as a LastPass site. And then next time you go there, it will automatically insert you know, username and password in for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will synchronize across devices. So if you've got multiple you know, computers or you're running your know, phone or an iPad, that sort of thing, you can have them all synced up. So, you know, essentially I just have to remember the password to my LastPass account and I can let it save everything else for me. And I did account a little while ago. I have over a hundred online accounts that oh, I access wow. fairly regularly. So yes. um, trying to remember a hundred different passwords, which is what you should be doing, is impossible. So LastPass, do a Google for that and yep. certainly yep. Uh, sign up for that. How often then would you say it's important for us to change our password? Is that something that LastPass reminds us of or is there a set time that you recommend is, is good? But look, the, the best practice is is probably every three months. Uh, mm-hmm. LastPass will tell you if you've got too many passwords of the same or too simple. And yes, it will tell you if you haven't changed one for a while. So it's a really good tool for keeping on top of that sort of stuff. The other thing with passwords is, you know, a lot of accounts now or online accounts have ways to, to recover your password. Really be careful about what you use as your secret questions. You know, if you've got online social accounts and you, you're talking about your children your pets and stuff it doesn't take anybody Mm -hmm. uh, too long to figure out that maybe your secret question is your dog's name or your your uh, firstborn's name something like that you've got to really be careful about those secret questions because that's another way people can have their accounts hacked really easily yeah well the example that i mentioned about that uh person that i was following online that is exactly how they got her passwords they was they were the same across all her accounts and Mm -hmm. it was something that was personal that they were able to piece together through what she shared you know some of those um things that go around for fun you know the the 20 questions about you getting to know you better that kind of information is a gold mine for these hackers isn't it because they just nothing stopping them from putting it into a file and then just compiling more and more info till all of a sudden you've provided them a lot of private information Uh, absolutely it's it's almost too easy for them these days they 
you know, if you go online, find a lot about you, you know, some, some people even have their date of birth and stuff up on their social media, which I would never do. Mm. Um, you know, so they can put your date of birth and yeah, it's just a matter of the software that they use to hack these things. They just use combinations of, of your, your favorite pets and all that sort of thing. And before long they can hack in. So you really have to think about this thing. And a lot of people post stuff on social media and if they've got it public, they don't think about these things, but they can be used against you very easily. So that's passwords. What would be something else that we need to be mindful of in order to reduce the chance of being impacted by cybercrime? Well, for me, the next thing is your employees, your team, and that's about education. And again, that's a fairly inexpensive thing to do and it can have a big impact. So, you know, you want to make sure that everybody's aware of, you know, what to look for in an email, make sure that they don't click on anything in an email unless they, you know, double check that it's okay. Mm -hmm. Because like I said, most stuff these days seems to come through, through emails. And so some simple team education, um, if you're not able to run it yourself, get your IT support people in and they can run through some really easy things people can check that can, you know, save really a lot of heartache. And if you're not sure about things in, in emails, then have someone else look at it or send it to your support people and they can check it and confirm whether it's legit or not. Mm -hmm. So I think team education is probably the next one on the list for me. The other example about our property manager that that was exactly what happened. One of their younger team members looked at an, uh, an email that was coming in. It looked very innocent. As soon as she clicked it, off it went and uh, they yeah found themselves in all sorts of strife because of the fact that cybercrime can change constantly this is something that we really need to keep up to date on and therefore regularly keep our staff informed yes yeah absolutely i mean the the methods that they're using don't, don't aren't changing a whole lot but certainly with you know say emails you see new ones come out so around tax time you see the emails that look like they're from the ATO mm -hmm. you see the ones from the utility companies so certainly being able to, to recognize those and you know every almost every month they get better and better looking and and even experts can have trouble ascertaining whether they're legitimate or not so yeah, I think yeah, it certainly requires a constant um, education process. And also people people tend to forget we're all so busy in our day-to-day -day lives. You know, everyone almost has too many emails coming in. So you get, you get busy and you forget sometimes to check these things. I think constantly reinforcing it is something that's really, really important. Emails you've spoken about can be very dicey, particularly attachments that, as you say, can be um, malware or ransomware. What about if some of us do allow our team on their lunch breaks to access the, some of the social media sites like Facebook and so forth? Sometimes people can pick up all sorts of nasty things by clicking on links that are shared uh, by mm -hmm. their friends on Facebook, yes, or other platforms. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's, it's the same sort of thing. Be really, really careful before you click on stuff. You know, with, with Facebook, I have it, but I don't really use any of their apps or anything extra because, first of all, it's full of junk, but I, I just don't know where they're from. You can't trust them. Mm. And so you might allow your team to use those social media platforms, but you might say, you know, don't don't use them to, to install anything or add any apps to your Facebook. It's, you know, it's not safe, but do that on your own computers sure. where you know that's not going to impact on the business because you're right, it, that is a way that um, cyber criminals can find a way in. Mm. And again, your guard's down when you're on Facebook, you're, you're looking at your feed, you're clicking on things that people have shared and you, again, you can click on something that's not legitimate very easily. Yeah, get yourself absolutely. into a lot of trouble. 
And I mean, if it's your own, if, if they're at home and it's their own computer, well, then obviously you've got that one computer which you, you need to then implement, you know, some IT protocols. But mm. if you're thinking about a business, you're often networked uh, among, amongst the team and it can go back to your server, which unless, of course, you think of these things, you know, you, you, you just don't realise till all of a sudden something happens and then it's obviously too late. So what are some other things we need to be aware of? Well, the other thing is um, if you've got employees that travel on the road and, and use you know, laptops and phones and stuff, make sure they're not connecting to you know, open wireless networks unless they've got some good security measures in place. Um, wireless networks, especially open ones, are a really dangerous thing to do. People can basically create hotspots that look legitimate and you can connect up to it thinking you, you're connecting to your cafe's hotspot, but you're actually oh. transacting on somebody else's device and they're collecting all your passwords and, and information without you realising. So I tell people if they want to use a free hotspot, they should really use a, a VPN solution so that when they do connect, all of their traffic is encrypted and, and it can't be seen by anybody. How does someone know the difference between like a, a VPN solution? Is is there a code or, or how does that well, work? Well, the, 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 the way a VPN works is essentially you dial into uh, another computer somewhere else and it creates a secure tunnel so the the big problem with a you know open wireless networks is your details can be gathered because you know they can either be unencrypted or someone could be you know if you'd say logging into a banking site they can put a pretend banking site up that oh, collects yeah. your username and password without your realizing so if you put a vpn in place you're going to be able to bypass all that stuff and it's it's you know it's a subscription you know some of them are free but the better ones do cost some money not a lot of money you know mm. maybe fifteen dollars a month and you simply dial you know you run the software when you connect and it then encrypts everything and you know that you're going to be safe uh, when you're browsing on that open network but yeah. you know as a rule I probably would stay away most of us have got pretty good mobile phones or you know data plans that we can use for um, you know use of data when we're out and about. Mm. I remember someone mentioning uh, that when they go to sometimes you know the local supermarket you or even you know the large chains uh, they often offer free wi-fi they say I never log into that so is that something we really need to be cautious about too? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, e even if you are logging onto a legitimate network, like at the supermarket, guaranteed they'll be collecting your personal information anyway, mm. because, you know, why are they offering it for free? It's not just yeah. because you're a great customer. It's because they actually want to gather intel on you. So they might want to shopping uh, habits to see or what, what you're doing you. on your phone yeah. and mm. they can do all sorts of stuff now. Yeah. Uh, and that data they get is really useful for them with marketing and stuff. So as a rule, don't do it because yeah. you just don't know what, what they're going to be using your device for. Are there any other things? I mean, I'm probably, you know, lots and lots of things, but what are some other things that you find people really get themselves into strife because they don't have any protocols in place? Well, the other thing that has been with the, the latest uh, ransomware ones is patching. So critical updates for, you know, particularly Windows computers, but you're making sure that your, your software packages and your operating systems are fully up to date with critical patches because... If you don't, you could be you know, leaving yourself open to a security hole, mm. um, which could land you in some strife. So, and that's a fairly simple thing to do in a smaller network. Um, obviously, in a bigger one, you've, you've got to have that managed better and, and make sure it's done. But yeah, people, a lot of people out there don't think that doing software updates is important, but it's absolutely critical in, in patching up these holes because cyber criminals use these things to gain access again. You know, once they're publicized, uh, cyber criminals will use them because they know people will be slack 
in going through and installing those updates. I also heard too, particularly on certain websites, and you know we've got plugins on various websites, we need to keep that all up to date too because any gaps can also um, allow um, people to, to hack in and um, yeah, again, finding yourself in strife. Is that something that you see too? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the, the, you know, the big web platforms like you know, WordPress and Joomla, mm. you've got to keep them up to date. As they release a critical patch, you have to install it because if you don't, and we've seen it time and time again, people don't do that. And then their site gets hacked. And, you know, if you've got a hacked site, essentially you have to restore that from your backup. And you know, if you're reliant on your website being up to generate a sales traffic or, you know, to communicate with your clients, it's not a really good look if it's down for uh, you know a couple of days while you get it fixed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've mentioned this a number of times and I just want to talk about this because often, and I'm talking about a backup, and often you'll either hear someone have to say, you know what, we haven't been keeping up to date regular backups. And again, they find themselves in trouble when they have to rely on that. But I've also heard horror stories where companies were backing up, thinking that they were doing the right thing, yet when they had to restore from the backup, all of a sudden they've realised that the backups they've been taking aren't real, weren't really working properly and they were in all sorts of strife. What things can you speak about around backups to really make sure that what we are backing up is the right thing and it's working? Yeah, there's nothing worse, is it, than thinking you're doing the right yeah. thing. And uh, backup's one of those classics where you don't want to have to test it when you really need it. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of businesses do that. They they don't never test it. And that's really the thing you can do is is actually you know test it by recovering a file and uh -huh. um, doing that regularly so you know your backup is working. You know, you can also have your backup monitored by a third party. And we do that for our clients with with the products we sell. We actually have our products verify the backups daily and, and we can see if there's an issue and if there is, get it resolved straight away because you don't want to be in that position where, yeah, you go to recover and when these cyber threats happen and you get impacted, usually you have to recover all your data. So you yes. need to know you can recover all your data and you need to know you can recover your data from a timely point. You don't want to have to go back to last month's backup and lose you know, a month's worth of data. Yeah, oh, that's um, right. Because for some reason it wasn't working. Yeah, so. yeah, or inadvertently we've been backing up and we don't realise that we've had a virus sitting there waiting, you know, dormant or whatever you call them. Yeah. And so the backup that we were going to restore, uh, sorry, but you need to go back even further because, yeah, your system was um, compromised. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, Damien, yeah. you have been an absolute wealth of knowledge. We could continue talking, I know, for, for a whole hour on this and just kind of cover <laughs> the surface share yeah. a little bit more about the services that you offer because I know we've only just touched the surface and this is really important and you know give people a little bit of an overview of who who you are what you offer and then of course how people can get in contact with you yeah absolutely Emery uh, yeah so we're, we you know we look after IT for small to medium business and, and really we are um, your one-stop shop for all your IT needs so you know, we do day-to-day -day support, we do upgrades to hardware, we do software upgrades, help people move to the cloud. And we, we're doing a lot of work now with, with IT security. So, you know, focusing on the security side of things, if you're a bit worried about your IT security, we can come in and do a free review. We can have a look what you've got and provide you with an idea of, you know, any weaknesses you might have there, anything that you might need to look at uh, improving. And mm -hmm. that way, at least you can then put a plan to improve your uh, security and make sure you're not not a sitting duck. Um, we also do a general IT review, which can look at things like, you know, um, how's your systems running? Are they running well? What's your overall efficiency? A lot of people are doing, you know, manual processing nowadays when they can actually 
make that a more electronic automated thing. Um, so yeah, there's some of the things we do and look, we, we help, you know, a big range of clients, everything from a, you know, two person business right up to hundred PC business. So, um, and we're in lots of industries. So we've got lots of experience looking after lots of different types of businesses out there. Yeah. Fantastic. And what's your web address? How can people get in contact with uh, you? Yeah. So people can go to our website, which is proactiveitsolutions.com.au. And, you know, there's a contact form on that, that they can um, use to contact us. We've got lots of information on there. We've got what we call inside articles, which is lots of articles giving um, some advice on lots of different areas, quite a few on security and, and the cloud and that sort of thing. So might be an interesting read if you're looking to, to learn a bit more as well. Yeah, fantastic. And of course, that website again, proactiveitsolutions.com.au. Thanks once again, Damien, for coming on the show. No worries, Anne-Marie. Absolute pleasure. Well, that brings us to the end of another show. I know that you have taken so many insights uh, away with you today and please make sure you put those measures into place and contact Damien uh, to make sure that you do protect yourself from cybercrime. Now, if you want to connect with Australia's foremost collective of business experts and thought leaders, all you need to go is to ssba.net.au. That's ssba.net.au.